we're here. Politics as usual, episode 37, the Sean Alexander episode. Um Yeah. So uh we're we're we we thought we were gonna be talking about this two damn weeks ago. Um <laughs> because for whatever reason, uh Lincoln Park and the powers that be over at uh Warner Brothers decided that they were going to release the 20th anniversary edition and all this other shit, all this memorabilia, talking about it two weeks before the actual 20th anniversary. Why? Right. Who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, um, when, when did the album officially drop? Uh, so it was... So yeah, it would have been October 23rd, 2000, right? Uh, no, it's tomorrow. October 24th. October 24th, right. That's right. So okay. tomorrow... The album officially turns 20 years old. Um, wild to think about. Um, yeah, I, I am old, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, besides the singles, did not really get into listening to Linkin Park albums until like 2008. Like, I was aware of who they were. Um, mm-hmm. knew, the, knew the shit with Jay-Z, um, the Fort Minor thing. Like, I was aware of all that, but I had never really been like, all right, let me go listen to some Linkin Park. Um, until I started hanging with some people who liked Linkin Park. And so I went and started listening to Linkin Park. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, all they had out was Hybrid Theory, Meteor, Minutes to Midnight when I started listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get your take off before I start uh, rain, raining on the parade that is uh, the celebration of this album. See, first, let's just actually let's celebrate the album first. So. You said you weren't really like outside of the singles. You weren't really like in a Lincoln Park like yeah, that. I, I but for me, like, I, I wouldn't like listening to Lincoln Park albums. Yeah, like when I was but, in but for, school. But but for me and my you know going through my 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 black emo phase, like this this is really a landmark album in my life, man. It's um it, it's crazy and um it, it really took me back. I'm spinning it again today because this is the first time I listened to it all the way through in a in a minute, and I was like, "Yeah, man, this album got jams on it." And um, it like, and even the the album cuts, like for instance, like I forgot how much I like songs like, you know, "Forgotten," "Runaway," stuff like that. Like, so so yeah, it just takes me back to um, to a time where like this album came out and everybody was on it like it's not a thing and it's a it's such a stupid thing where people say like oh it's white people music like nah everybody was on this album so to have something in pop culture that like everybody can appreciate that's rare and and i think lincoln park really captured that so yeah man this this album is definitely like when i talk about like the biggest like pop culture moments in my life hybrid theory is definitely one of those i mean in the end was fucking huge like it's it was exactly Mm -hmm. like in the end i remember when that video dropped i was like wow yeah which funny enough their their bassist uh dave farrell who goes by the name phoenix which i don't know why but um he actually one he didn't record for most of the album because he was touring with a band called tasty snacks uh and they didn't know if this if this thing that they were doing was gonna work so he was touring with another band because he already had a touring commitment when they um, got their deal. And uh, so Brad Delson, the guitarist, actually recorded a lot of the bass stuff on this. But if you go yeah. back and look, they have a stand in playing bass like he's not he's not there for mm-hmm. the video at all, because during the recording and a lot of the promotional shit, he was on tour with a whole other band. 
So he wasn't around for us. So a lot of the bass parts that you hear is Brad Delson playing. And I know that video specifically. He was in he was in the Paper Cuts video. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if he was in Crawling or One Step Closer because I haven't seen those videos in so long. But yeah, he was. he's actually, if you look, he's not like, if you pull up a picture of him and then go to the bass player, it's not him. Um, they have like one close-up of the bass player during one of the choruses. But other than that, he he's he, he's he's not there like at all. Um, but yeah, man, like I I rem like I said, I remember in the end, like it, you couldn't escape in the end. It was every fucking weird. And it's mm -hmm. wild, like hearing like I have like a lot of the LP underground stuff where they like for like they started releasing demos on those like around LP underground eight or nine, I want to say. And so there's mm -hmm. a demo of in the end that sounds completely different than what it like the the chorus is there. Like, I think there's a couple of mm -hmm. Indian demos that they've put out. Like, I think there's one with Mike singing it, singing the hook. And then there's one mm. with Chester doing it. And then Mike has, like, these completely different verses. But it's funny because he talks about, like, um, this A&R dude, like, actually didn't want him to rap in Linkin Park at all. Like, he just wanted him to be the keyboard player. Yeah, like, he, he talks about it on um, the Rising Tide Fort Minor album. Like, this dude, like, did not want him to rap. He just wanted him to be the keyboard player. But the band, and he said Chester specifically, was like, no, like, him rapping is what makes us us. And could you just imagine, like, what a mm -hmm. monumental idiot you have to be to be like, hey, hey, dude, we don't want you, like, to rap. We just want you to play keys right. in this metal band where keys don't even come through because of the distortion a lot of times. Like, it's, it's very difficult to get keys to shine through, like, live or otherwise, just in the mix. Right. And you're telling this dude who's good at what he does that... Because, like, one of the things that made Linkin Park Linkin Park was the vocal interplay between Chester and Mike. Like, you... you yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, like, it, they're not them without that. Like, yes, Chester could sing, Chester could scream, but, like, it, it Linkin Park isn't Linkin Park without Mike Shinoda and his rapping and his ability to kind of... Him and Chester's ability to play off one another. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that A&R got fired because that was one of the dumbest. Because he, he said the dude was going around the office, like, trying to get people to say Mike's verses were whack and that they should uh, what? Get, get Chester just to sing on in the end. Like, he was just walking around like, yeah, you, you th this isn't good, right? They shouldn't have this. And people were like, what? What? That is, and and we're gonna give Chester his flowers, of course, because you know R.I.P. Chester. But, um, but yeah, if if Lincoln Park without Mike, and once again, this is taking nothing for Chester because Chester's dope. Like I always thought he's he had an amazing voice, and and his and his lyrics are amazing. But there were so many bands that that were like of the same lane at that time. They would have got drowned out. So Mike that Mike brought that balance to Lincoln Park, yep. even when. Even when he would sing, or even when he would sing back up, or even when he would sing a song by himself, which came much later, like he brought that balance to Lincoln Park. So I can't mm -hmm. imagine an iteration of Lincoln Park that works without Mike. Like they, like they, they complement each other so well. Yes. And it was, it was to a point where it wasn't a gimmick. Like it was really like yeah. the song. Like each one of these tracks on this album were like so balanced and. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that A and R is a huge idiot, and I hope yeah, I hope he's not working anymore. Yeah, like even like even all the bands that like have come after Lincoln Park that have tried to recapture what they are, like you haven't really mm -hmm. seen anything like them since. Because like even though Mike's not the greatest rapper, like he studied hip hop, so he raps well mm -hmm. enough, and he's classically trained on piano. So he you got somebody who can rap, 
sing, play keys and play guitar. Like, and he can run mm -hmm. and do any of those at any given time. And like, that really just helps out their sound. And then like the, the other thing is like Chester with his screaming, there's a clarity there that's not with like mm -hmm. some of the other bands that I've heard that, that do the screaming where it's just like, like Chester, you kind of right. understood him. And his screaming was, I guess, a little bit more palatable to the ear because he wasn't screaming in such a low register. He was screaming in a higher register mm -hmm. that I think made it more palatable to, to cross over. Because even like the little, the low-key scream he does on the bridge of, of in the end, like when you get to the end, mm -hmm. um, after the piano rift uh, goes through the bridge the first time and then he like tilts it up in his vocals, like them being able to leverage that like made it possible for this album to cross over and be as big as it did. Because again, like most people, when they start hearing screaming, especially that low guttural screaming, they immediately get turned off by it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. There's just not a lot of people who enjoy that except for, you know, the extreme metal fans. Um, and that, like, I think made it work for their crossover appeal because somebody like Jay-Z is probably not getting on there if they're doing, like, the dark, super nah. dark, dark black metal, death metal screaming shit. Jay-Z's probably staying far the fuck away from that, but they were they <laughs> right. were just close enough to that line that Jay-Z could be like, oh, this is crossover, but it was still safe and it was still mainstream. So, I mean, yeah, this... I mean, did this album go diamond or something absurd like that? Yeah, oh, 12 so times platinum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So diamond, diamond, diamond and two times platinum. Mm -hmm. I, I was I was one of them. I, I I may have bought it twice if I if I'm not mistaken. But but yeah, just just a huge, huge, huge album. And like and like you said, much to your point, this really ushered in like kind of a a, a new metal period. Yep. Um a lot of people No pun intended, so, so this called, album came it was called New yeah, Metal. Ex exactly. Exactly. So this album came out in the year two thousand, and um, from that, like you would get a lot of bands like um, like Incubus, a lot of bands like Brand New, a lot of bands that had similar. Because because to me, um, Incubus, like if you listen to their their first album, I think Science, it's what Linkin Park was trying to do. But then they but then they mellowed it out a, a bit because it was like it perfect example. It was Linkin Park without without uh, a mic yeah. but then they mellowed their sound out and blended it just right but yeah this this really this album really launched an, an entire new metal movement so I, I i think people need to realize that and and that's why it's it's forever like just like yeah it's it's historic really it yeah is. like I'll, I'll 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 give you an example of this um the band issues um their early work is very clearly inspired by lincoln park like um in the original lineup of the band, there's this producer who goes by the name Lofile now who's uh, with the R&B group Radiant Children. He actually produced something on Xavier Omar's um, album today, which is actually really good. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to okay. it. Um, but um, he was the keyboardist and DJ for it. So like on the first on their first EP, he has like a scratching track kind of like Mr. Han had. Um, so and they had the screamer, but they didn't have a rapper. They had a singer. So they kind of mm. they they again like tried to do that very same thing like their early stuff is very reminiscent of Linkin Park like that spawned just a whole generation of musicians who were still out there trying to capture the sound that Linkin Park created. Uh, meanwhile, Linkin Park hasn't been back to that sound since. <laughs> right, <laughs> like they kind of yeah, still, ch still chasing something that came out twenty years ago and they and, abandoned the sound. Yeah, which this which this is a pretty good segue. Um, so mm -hmm. I've I've said for a little bit. Like, I do like Hybrid Theory, like, don't get me wrong. But there are people who think it's Linkin Park's best album, and I say no, it's not. It's not even their second best album, to me. 
Um, to me, I agree with I agree with half of that. But get into your point. So Meteora to me is better than Hybrid Theory. Meteora is the album that came out directly after Hybrid Theory, and mm-hmm. it's the perfected version of Hybrid Theory. Like, mm-hmm. and the re- and so when I talk about like they haven't gone back to that sound since they they made Meteora couple a year or two after they made hybrid theory meteora didn't it came get, out three it came out three years three after years else. yeah meteora didn't get nearly the response hybrid theory got and they haven't been back to that sound since because i knowing them like number one they um i've i've watched enough interviews and seen enough stuff where mike talks because mike is the one who typically comes up with their demos and then they they kind of take their own parts and do whatever with it he said numerous times that they do not like going back to that metal sound. Like anytime they bring it, anytime Mike has something like that, they usually like, yeah, nah, like let's get away from that. And I think for them as musicians, they're like, look, man, we we've been there, we've done that. We 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 made we made the follow up better than the original, and y'all just mm-hmm. wasn't as big. So why would we go back and 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 to further that point, their follow up to Meteora was a boring rock album. It was it was Kendrick's damn basically. It was a contemporary yeah. rock produced by Rick Rubin, uh, funny Rick, enough. And, by Rick and, and it's the one that has the least amount of Mike raps on it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. a contemporary rock album that came out in 2007. Like, they were mm-hmm. like, all right, so you guys didn't like us get upping the ante with Meteora, so fuck it. We'll just go the complete opposite direction. And they've just been getting further and further away from that sound to the point that their last album is basically just a pop electronica album. Um, uh, what, what yeah, I, mean, I haven't uh, listened to the one more lights album. No, one more lights actually yeah. not bad. Minus the the skeptic verse on there. He on the so he he starts rapping after Pusha T, and I'm like, all right, next. Like I don't I don't want to hear no British dude. Skeptic fire, man. I, he Skepta might be fire. fire on his own, but you can't come on a track rapping after Mike and Pusha T and expect me to want to listen okay. to that. It's one of the few okay. Pusha T verses without Coke. Without Coke as a subject. What the, wait, what what's he rapping about then? Ah, uh, hold on, let me pull the song. What what is what is the song called? Uh, I think it's called "Good Goodbye." Yeah, and, yeah, and Joe. And oh Joe no, no, no! Said, it's not. It's not skeptic. Stormzy. Either way, one of the British cats. Stormzy fire too, but yeah. And Joe said to that point, Meteoric. Um, they've been doing that sound for ten years, so they're tired of it. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, so I remember the gap in between. Um. Meteora and and Minutes to Midnight. Four years. They took a break. They were doing side projects. Dreaded, yeah, mm-hmm. and and they and they said those dreaded words that every artist and band says before they they drop a dud. They're like, yeah, we're we're trying to discover a new sound. We're bringing in Rick Rumor. I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I got it. I got I got it because because you you got to understand like the, like 2003 to 2007. That's not a long time you know on paper but like the the sound of rock the landscape of rock changed so much during that time like it it shifted so so yeah i do understand that they're like okay we we got to find a more grown-up sound but but surprisingly i agree with you meteora to me is their best album because if you want to talk about like a, a moment how how do you capture this great cultural moment with hybrid theory then come back and make a better album like and we talked about when um when when that in the end video dropped but when um what was that when faint dropped when the faint video dropped i remember that was yeah. a huge moment so yeah 
so yeah, I I agree with you. I think Meteora is their best album. It's like um like if if someone didn't know Lincoln Park and they were like, hey man, what is this band about? I would play the Meteora because that captures their sound. Like um like Hybrid Theory to me is like close to perfect, especially for like a major label debut from a rock band. But it still has some of that roughness. But um, Meteora has like polish, but it doesn't take anything away. It's like their their most like. It's like they got their formula just right. Like everything, like everybody's, you know, on on the highest of cylinders when it comes to this album. So yeah, Meteoria yeah, is yeah, their like best they, album they, in my opinion. So like, so looking at the track list for, so like the example I used is like we we've all seen Dragon Ball Z, right? So this should be a pretty for people who don't know who, who Lincoln Park is. You should understand this reference. Hybrid Theory is Ko Ken, Meteor is Super Saiyan. It's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Super Saiyan is just way better. Like Super Saiyan takes what Akira Toriyama tried to do with Kaioken, which is basically give Goku a power boost. His hair changes, the aura around him changes. He gets way stronger. His Kamehameha's get way better. All that. Mm-hmm. Super Saiyan came in and just ushered in a whole new wave of shit. It was like, all right, mm-hmm. boom. Um, so that's that's kind of my like reference point on that like it ko kim was so forgotten after super saiyan came out that uh curatory i'm admitted that he completely forgot about it until dragon ball super and was like oh shit yeah ko kim was a thing and combined it with super <laughs> saiyan like, it, it was a thing he was like oh shit i forgot about that like he like super saiyan was so successful was like oh we don't ever need to go back to that again but like looking at the track listing for hybrid theory like i love paper cut one step closer with you is with you is okay um fuck with yeah. points of authority crawling runaway uh by myself is okay of course in the end um yeah like that's mostly like the singles are way bigger obviously Mm -hmm. but like they got a few of the album cuts there and then you get on meteora like i mean forward forward whatever don't stay is pretty much uh one step closer uh mm-hmm. somewhere I belong, fire. Lying from you, fire. Hit the floor, fire. Mm-hmm. Easier to run, fire. Faint, fire. Figure oh nine, fire. Breaking the habit, fire. From mm-hmm. the inside, fire. Nobody's listening, fire. Numb, fight like and, and what a what a great track to close on. Um yeah, so like not like I said, there there is like it's like the 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 leanest like Lincoln Park product, like no 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 extra fat or anything, but yeah, it's it's amazing. Like numb numb is numb to me is like one of the is one of their best because it's just like there's so much of everything there, and like I think one of the the undersold things about like Lincoln Park, one of the reasons why they kind of hesitate towards like they've always said they're an electronica band. Um, not necessarily mm-hmm. a rock band because like Brad Delson always says, he's like, look, man, I, I play my guitar more like a keyboard and that really shines through on this album. Like, um, easier to run. Definitely. Uh, breaking mm-hmm. the habit. Def- like there's no distortion on that at all. Uh, numb. Same thing. Like even, even when he's playing in the higher registers on, um, in the end, um, He's basically just playing the same five notes that make up the piano. Mm-hmm. The dun, dun, dun. He's just doing dun, 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 dun. like he's just playing that on guitar at a higher register, but it sounds closer mm-hmm. to a keyboard. And that's what I mean. Like they, everything they try to do on Hybrid Theory is taken to a taken to its apex on Meteora, and that to me is just like like 
come, come, come on, guys. Like, we don't have to. Now, Meteor to me is their second best album. Oh. So, to me, their best album is the album they came out with in 2012, Living Things. It takes hmm. everything you love up, up to that point about Linkin Park and puts it into one album. It has the wall of sound that is Hybrid Theory and Meteora. It has uh, the melodicness of um, of Minutes to Midnight, and it has the experimental electronica of uh, A Thousand Suns. And that's I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna keep it real. I've never listened to that album. Listen, listen, listen to um, listen to. Uh, hold on. I, 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 I know this song because it's one of my favorite Linkin Park songs, but I'm drawing a fucking blank. But uh, yeah, while, while you do that, um, shout out to our comment. I wanted to comment on a debate last night. I live in Australia. Well, um, even if you aren't well-versed in American politics, thanks for watching this. So uh, shout out to you. Yes. Uh, Lost in the Echo. Okay. Okay. Lost in the Echo is like, it, it's, it has like that big ass wall of sound that you're, that you're expecting from like, if you've listened to Hyper Theory and Meteor. But, like, Mike's rapping is phenomenal. Um, the interplay with him and Chester, they've got, like, a breakdown that is, like, Johan scratching Chester's screams. Like, they sampled Chester's screams from no. right before that, and then they, they're scratching it out in that. Like, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, one, it's one of the best Linkin Park records. Like, if, if, if I'm ranking their albums, and let me, let me pull them all up in front of me. Just, just so I can, because uh, I'm, I'm because I'm interested to hear what you what you got to say about this one. So, all right, Living Things, Meteora, Hybrid Theory, Minutes to Midnight, A Thousand Suns, One More Light, The Hunting Party. The Hunting Party is one of the worst albums I've ever heard. It is so fucking terrible. Ooh. The Hunting Party is essentially they said about that album they wanted to go back to their influences pre-hybrid theory so they tried to make like a 90s rock album and that shit is awful uh, like they have rock him on a song and like when i first saw it i was like "Ooh, rock him lincoln park and i listened to it i was like oh this is ass like <laughs> like like this is fucking terrible um like the hunting party has one song that i listened to on it um and that that one is um all for nothing i love that song but other than that Like, and they have Tom Morello's on there, uh, Paige Hamilton's on there. Like, um, they have so. Hold on, let me pull, pull this. This album, yeah. So they got Tom Morello, Rakim, um, System of a Downs, Darian uh, Malakian, uh, Helmets, Paige Hamilton. Like, they went and got like rock legends to work with on this. Like album. on on paper, that should be fire. Yeah, so that's disappointing. It's ass. Like oh, I, man. I listened to, to that album one, one time through, and I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> and then their last album was basically just uh, an electronica pop record. Okay. Uh... And yeah, but see, I, I was about to say, I, I, a lot of a lot of bands on that from that era, and once again, I mentioned like brand new, and then like. Not not similar, not totally similar, but but bands like um Taking Back Sunday, um mm -hmm. Jimmy World, like I said, not same lane, but they were out in the like they were like in between kind of like alternative, but they clearly had like rock Pop influences. Punk. They've been 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been trying hard to find their um to find like the perfect balance. A few of them have, but but I knew it, I knew it would be hard for uh, a band like and I thought this back then. I was like, yeah, man, Lincoln Park is dope, but are they still going to be dope, you know, years from now? Because that sound is so distinct and so crazy. Like it, it's 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 almost not sustainable. No, it's it's not. Like you you look at you look at kind of like what they like it's there's a reason like I'm not mad at them for reinventing themselves. They've never done the mm. same thing twice in a row since the first two albums. I mean, mm. Minister Midnight, contemporary rock album, uh um A Thousand Sons, basically an electronic album with some rock shit mixed in, although like there's some there's some bangers on there. I just hate they wanted to release it as one long track and apparently they wanted to do their own kid A. Which when I saw that I was like, oh, this album isn't gonna be great. It's still okay though. Um, that's Electronica. Uh, Living Things is kind of like everything they had done up to that point mashed together. Uh, the Hunting Party is a straight up '90s rock album, and then uh, One More Light is Electronica pop album. Like I'm not mad at the fact that basically every album since then they've been like, all right, because like they've done their side projects. Like Chester had mm-hmm. Dead by Sunrise. Mike had Fort Minor, which had varying degrees of success. Um, him and Brad Delson started a. a started a, a a record company together um johan scores movies and, and does shit like that uh it, i think he directed a fucking movie at, at one point in time uh, yeah he, he did rob borden i think is a is a music instructor at like usc or some shit either him or brad is like so like they all have their own little side projects and shit that they do like they pretty much like they're a legacy act like they mm-hmm. You know, they I, I I'll like go watch some of their live shows sometimes on YouTube and they're like they're in fucking arenas with tens of thousands of people. Yes. Like knowing every fucking word to their songs. Like they're you know, they submitted their place just off of this one album. Like and, and that's why they're still they play so much stuff off of hybrid theory because the singles were fucking massive. The sync man and this album Hybrid Theory had like what, four or five singles? Because I think they came mm-hmm. out yeah, cause cause they they kept because I I feel like the paper cut video was like footage from uh footage from like the tour right now nah, because the album paper cut was the one where they were sitting in the room they were sitting in a room okay and there was like this monster going through that nobody like and everyone had like their instruments and it, it's a really weird video um hold on yeah I'm, one one of these videos had like a version that was just like like tour footage because. They they initially released like I think two singles leading up to the album's release, and then the album like got so big they just like, okay, we just gonna keep putting this out. Hold on, I'm trying to see. Uh... Yeah, there's one video that's like tour footage. I can't think of like which one it is right now. Off of Hybrid Theory. Yeah, it's not one step closer. A paper cut. Because maybe it was like exclusive to like MTV too, but I remember seeing it like all the time. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm conflating this. Oh, oh no, no, no! It's um, it, it's points of authority. Okay, okay, okay. Points okay. of authority. Yeah, I, I knew I, I knew I wasn't tripping. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, because I remember like the, because like paper cuts was like the weird horror thing. In the end, was them like on that cliff with the fucking whale floating mm-hmm. in the sky and yeah, uh, <laughs> fucking um. One step closer was like them with the ninjas and shit. And Mike had like the mm-hmm. red hair, and yeah, like I because I remember like and I think crawling was closer to like the numb video. I want to say, 
Um, cause like, mm-hmm. I, like all their videos are like really, really like distinct. Like that's another thing that they probably don't get a ton of credit for is they actually do like do some like, uh, 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 breaking the habit is a fucking anime video. Yeah. Like yeah. They, like I, they, I was just about to say, it. I, I was just about to say that like we, we can't, um, we can't ignore the, um, the influence they have. It just pop culture, like in general, because like they're like pictures of like gundams and stuff on their album covers they mm-hmm. like ninjas and stuff so so yeah they they leaned heavily into like that that anime subculture that was rising at the same time so so yeah i think that's why a lot of people got into that because <laughs> now i'm thinking about like a uh, braffer running through the halls the anime men on his shirt but anyway no, <laughs> seriously it was it was it was like it was like that like because we were all into anime but then you see this album cover that has like um like a ninja looking guy with graffiti or whatever and and it's like okay i want to see i want to get into this i want to see what yeah about. like hi, hybrid, so, yeah. hybrid theory is is a soldier with butterfly wings and then mm-hmm. the reanimation cover is a gundam like they they had yeah. so much like just crazy and I, I i give a lot of credit to like to like mike for that because he's he's the artist and the graffiti guy and the drawer and you know, he went to art school and shit. Like, I think he said he was in art school while he was working on, while they were trying to get the record deal. And back mm-hmm. when the band was zero and they were working on getting, um, doing the demos for Hybrid Theory and shit. So like he, he, he does a lot of the art direction. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's like, they, they, they had a lot of, uh, and also I think Lost on People is like, people don't realize that like Mike's half Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, probably grew up with all that shit like in his house like it probably wasn't foreign to him to be watching like anime and you know old japanese samurai flicks and shit because uh there's a song on the rising tide where he talks about his grandfather was in the concentration camps mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so yeah. you know like he was like a first generation you know japanese immigrant or or something to that effect so like yeah like they they, they just had like the perfect confluence of shit like just kind of happened mm-hmm. and hit them and, and it, it it influenced just just there's so many artists. Like, I mean, I'm I, as a musician, I'm influenced by it. Like, one of the first songs I learned on piano was um, was the in the end. Like, that's one. Yeah. Of, it's one of the first things I learned. I was like, oh, I want to learn how to play this, and I learned how to play. It. I was like, oh, that's surprisingly simple. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I used to go in the band room and like just sit down at the piano. Do, 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 yep. do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, it's it's and like even numb. Like the piano parts are numb. He's just it's four different notes in octave apart. Like I forget, mm-hmm. I forget which ones they are. But like when I started learning some of his piano stuff, I was like, "Oh, that's it. That's how you made that." Yeah. Like, oh, okay, all right, cool. But like, it, it, I was more impressed by, and like, of course, you get those, you get those people. Like one, one thing, like me, like delving into the rock scene, like when I was in a band, was finding out how many like supposed real musicians didn't like Lincoln Park, and I'll just be like, "Why?" But it's shit's so simple, and I'm like, "Yeah, but it, it sells." Okay. It sells more than your riff with twelve chords, and it does. So, like, right? Should, shouldn't you try that? Like, <laughs> I yeah. There's a there's a beauty in simplicity. Like, and, keep it simple, think, Right. I I think Lincoln Park like is the encapsulation of that. Like, they weren't like spec. Okay, I won't say they weren't. Yeah, they weren't like flashy or anything, but like I said, they were like the the just the sum of like a lot of great parts and and a lot of great simple parts. And, yeah. and sometimes you don't gotta be all what yeah like 
no, nah, like maybe you, yeah, maybe you should study like what what makes Lincoln Park so song so so catchy and so palatable. Maybe you should study that. And they and like they do have public. like technical shit. Like there's there's songs yeah. that I've liked from them when I'm like, oh damn, like there's a there's a song on one of the um actually it's on it's on um Living Things uh I, it's it's one of these two songs. But like, I think Powerless changes t- like has three different tempos in it. Like mm-hmm. the verse has one tempo, the chorus has another tempo, and I think the bridge has a completely different tempo. It's either that or a song called um, it's it's off one of the LP Undergrounds. I can't think of the name of it right now, but like I know I know Powerless at least has two tempo changes. Like they do shit like that, and like the guitar solo on uh, In Pieces from Minister Midnight. Mm-hmm. Like that was like they like Brad Delson was always like, eh, I don't really give a fuck about doing solos. Like I'm here to make the song sound better, and they was like, Nah, man, do a solo. Like people think you can't play guitar. Like, do a couple, throw a couple solos on this, and show people that you actually are a competent and very good guitar player, and you can do like the technical shit. They've done that when they wanted to. I love their drummer, by the way. Like his fills are some of my favorite fills yeah. on on, on rec- Like he perfectly like sets them up to like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to 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 do shit. Like um, watching the Collision Course DVD. Um, Jay-Z was talking about how, like, you know, how he just rec- knocks shit out. Like, he comes in, knocks shit out. He's like, oh, our drummer's the only one that does that. Like, we'll give him something. He'll come in, knock it out, and he'll be chilling, like, the rest of the process mm-hmm. while the rest of us are, like, writing 18 different parts for every single song and saying what we hate about it. His part is just the one that's just fluid. Like, it's just there. Like, he right. comes in, he does it, goes on about his business. And, you know, like, yeah, I I, I don't know. I think, I think it was just one of those things that people were popular to hate, like, Something doesn't have to be technical for the shit to be great. Like we we have to we have to get out of that uh, out of that you know wrong ass mindset and you know understand that some shit can be simple and still be like super duper dope. Like and and, and I want to talk because I talk about like whack rappers all the time, but also acknowledge that there's something to be said for the fact that you know they they are charismatic. Like I won't begrudge them for being popular, um, but yeah, nah. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about this album. It, it, it's huge. It speaks for itself. I kind of wish I'd have got one of the anniversary box sets, but I wasn't about to pay two hundred dollars for that. Yeah, yeah, they bust their heads with that, but um, but no, I I definitely think, yeah, man, this this album's gonna um, yeah, this album's gonna live on forever, man. And and um, like I said earlier, like we got to share our flowers because um, for for me um personally, for someone who was listening to a lot of rock at this time like thinking of the people like um like oh shit lacy what's his name john lacy from from brand new one of my favorite bands um listening to guys like brendan boyd from incubus who i think is amazing singer like um chester bennington is is, is is up there with those guys like like he he's like legendary to me and i think and i think it almost got to the point where he was underrated because Lincoln park um to some people was was simply a, a novelty like oh mm-hmm. like you're only here to hear mike rap or you're only here to hear the scratches but but nah man chester on the songs that chester sings on his own like you could tell this guy is like supremely talented yeah, like no uh, yeah like, like no like such example. a yeah such a yeah such a beautiful song like I, when i was listening to like crawling earlier i was like man like this i forgot how hard this song hits have, man. have you have you ever so, heard have you ever heard the live version with chris cornell singing with chester mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um but now nah, like chester's voice doesn't get enough credit like you could even their acoustic some of the acoustic songs that um that they have with him hold on um 
the little things give you away on minutes to midnight um mm-hmm. there's is there one on a thousand suns uh the messenger on a thousand suns and then i'm pretty sure is there one on there's not one on living things but yeah like there's a coup they they have a um they used to do him and mike used to do a version of like during intermission on the shows they used to do an acoustic Mm -hmm. version of um one of those adele songs what's one of the big adele songs like rolling in the deep rolling in the deep yeah like mike would break out the acoustic guitar and chester would sing it like they would do that on stage while the rest of the band was getting a break and like people like really like act like chester's just like a screamer like nah he there's even if his voice, even if he didn't have like the biggest vocal range, like there was a sincerity and a vulnerability mm-hmm. in his voice that I think drew a lot of people in, um, particularly when he wasn't screaming. Like um, on their last album, One More Light is one of my favorite songs about him. And that's just that's just Chester um, over an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And it, it like you the first time I heard it, I got goosebumps because obviously I listened to this. It, that album came out shortly before he passed. So listening to that song and what he's singing about is like, damn, like he there was something there with that. Like even um, mm-hmm. like even breaking the habit, like um, people think mm-hmm. like I, uh, I know Mike said he wrote that about one of his friends. But like Chester couldn't perform that live because he would always tear up while singing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's it, like, yeah, he, he he I don't think people appreciated him enough while he was here. Like he was he was the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots for a while. Yeah. You know, like for, you know, yes. like he like re, re, put put some put some respect on that man's name, not just because he passed, but put some respect on the fact that he was a phenomenal artist like and he he brought a lot to the table um, when it came to that band. And they like there was the band didn't get signed or get their big break until they were introduced to Chester. Like all the rest of those guys kind of like grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think. Uh, I think Joe and Mike went to the same like art school. Brad and Mike went to high school together, and I think uh, Rob went to high school with them. And I think Brad used to be in a band with Dave. So that's how all five mm-hmm. of them knew each other. Chester was from Arizona, and somebody from a label was like, "Hey, I need to work with him." And like they sat down with them, and they, they said it was like the missing piece of everything that they had needed. Mm-hmm. And that was like when the magic started to happen. Was when they met him. Like they, this band doesn't literally does not exist without him. Like he he changed nah. the entire trajectory of their careers simply by agreeing to sit down with them and meeting with them and him and Mike just instantly clicking in that chemistry, creating this amazing vocal interplay that you know has endured two entire decades later. Yeah, like like two decades later, man, we're still we're still here talking about this album. So so yeah, man, Chess is a legend, and um, and I and I know like I know I just said I, I really don't care for minutes to midnight, but to me. Um, that's the uh, that's the album where you can see Chester trying to legitimize himself. Like, okay, I want people to see and see that I'm a serious singer. And to me, like, even though I don't like most of the album, like, what I've done is such a beautiful song. Yeah, like, like Mike only raps on that album twice. Like, mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. it up, all Chester. Leave out all the rest, all Chester. Bleed it out mm-hmm. is Mike and Chester. Shadow of the day, all Chester. What I've done, all Chester. Hands held high. Uh, that's I really don't know why that song was on there, but that's Mike. Um, no more sorrow, all Chester. Valentine's Day, which is an underrated song by them. It's one of my favorite songs by them. All Chester. In between, 
that is a that is a Mike singing solo. No, that's the song. That's the song that shouldn't be on there. Is in between in pieces. All mm-hmm. Chester. Little things give you away. All Chester. Like he's mm-hmm. like that's pretty much his album right there. Like he's singing on every on every single one of those songs except for one, and he leads the album. Like Mike takes a gigantic step back and is mostly mm-hmm. doing background vocals, rhythm guitar, and keys on there. Like that is really Chester. Like giving you his his vocal chops and like there's not a lot of distortion on there and that's why i say that's probably the album that's aged the best out of all their albums because it's just mm-hmm. it's just a it's a for lack of a better term it's a vanilla rock album like there's nothing yeah, really yeah, special yeah. about it but because they swung for the fences with every other project they've done that one is like the safest it's like kendrick's damn to me it's the it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's the palate cleanser of of their albums it's all right Go go listen to that if you want something like to to get the like screaming and all that shit out of your ears if you're going on a, a Lincoln Park discography binge. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like I said, I I can totally understand why they, especially Mike, because I mean, of course they knew what was being said about them and and how they were like a novelty or or just they weren't here to stay. So I could totally understand them pushing Chester to the forefront on that album. And, and bringing in someone like Rick Rubin, but like you said, it's it, and I think that's why I have a, such a strong reaction to it because I think they went so far in the other direction and they took away the thing that made Lincoln Park Lincoln Park. It's like you guys don't have to prove yourselves. Like you know why we're here. We like that, but I think they went too far in the other direction trying to create that um, that rock sound that they stripped away. Almost how we talk about um, Anderson Pack's um, Oxnard. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. When, when he when he got when he got up with Dre is like, yeah, you don't need to remove what makes you you. That's why we're here. But but yeah, man. So um, but yeah, like I said, Ch- Chester's a legend. So. There's actually um, some really dope. Uh, there's a really dope version of um, uh, "Leave Out All the Rest," uh, the demo mm. version of Mike like rapping it. Um, mm. He like it's a, it's called Fear. It's completely different than um, than than what you hear. But like it, it I, I like listening to those because you can kind of like go, peel back the layers and see like. The, the type of shit like there's some dope shit on Minutes to Midnight that didn't make it like there's probably three or four songs I've heard demos of that I'm like damn this is better than some of the shit that was actually on the fucking album like why wasn't this like added on there but that you know they go through a democratic process and like you know I've, I've, I've yeah you know I've, I follow Michael on Twitch um and I've listened you know people ask him questions and be like man like a lot of times somebody be like yo why didn't this song make the album and he'd be like the band didn't like it like I I did the demo fought for it we went through the stages we did this and for whatever reason like he'll say like something like somebody will not like something about it and every time he tries to go make it better they're like yeah yeah, yeah that's the song with the whatever they didn't like and it immediately is like yeah no they 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 don't like that so um like because i i think it can be easy to think because mike handles like most of the production and he kind of drives the creative direction that like he's the one who like makes the decisions but like he's made it clear on several occasions like nah man they like they'll tell me whether or not they're with something or not and if they're not with it then because um like on a thousand sons there's so much of uh of them like not playing uh like guitars and shit like they're all on different instruments like brad plays the piano on that album several times he plays it on waiting for the end and one other song he's playing piano on but like their later albums like they 
they're not playing as like much guitar shit. They're playing like a ton of like electronica and synths and mm -hmm. like pre-programmed pads and shit like that. And it's it's really it's really different seeing them live, like their live shows, how they look like with the later songs versus their earlier lineup where they're just constantly moving around on instruments. And it's none of them are doing the same shit that were you except Johan. He's still like. DJ yeah, and, and pressing pad. Him and Rob are like the two that never change. But there might be a song where the bass player is playing a fucking synth keyboard, and there's no bass on stage, which is like wild. And there's like one song where Mike's playing guitar, but he's not even playing guitar. He's just playing the bottom two strings, so it makes like a, a string sound, like a violin sound. It's like, all right, I guess you couldn't just press I, the I, all right. Couldn't press the string down <laughs> on, on the keyboard for that. Yeah. You're standing on stage, right. literally moving a pick this much to create the string sound. It's just like, like, why would you do? All right. Okay, cool. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, we talking about anything else today? Um, no, that's, that's all. That's all we got. Um, just, just hobby theory. Yeah. That's, that's all. Well, that's all I had uh, on my agenda. Um, have you outside of the um, Xavier Omar? Had, was there anything else that um came out that caught your ear? This uh, week? they, they period, um, they dropped an album today. It was okay. Um, the Gorillas dropped an album. Too many, hmm. too many, okay. too many features for my liking. Um, well, that's not. I mean, that's a Gorillas album to me. So that's. I mean, that I mean, yeah, me. but it, I don't know. It just sounded more like a compilation album. Uh, hold on, what else? What else came out today? Um, I went. I meant to listen to that Ty Dolla Sign, but just completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. But I mean, featuring Ty Dolla Sign, at least he knows that. At least he's in on his own jokes. So yeah, that. like that's like kind of the thing I want from Two Chains, like a featuring Two Chains album. Like I love Two mm -hmm. Chains feature verses. I'm not really a fan of Two Chains solo records, but Xavier Omar, his shit is his, his, it's 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 really good. Um, also, another album I revisited. Um, Luke James album that came out in January to be loved. That shit is amazing. Like I went back and okay. listened to it again. I was like, God damn, this shit is better than. Yeah, he he's so, he's someone who should be way bigger than what he is. Yeah, but like it's it's this just low key vibey album. Like there's a um there's a joint with Crit on there. Uh, okay, hold on, let me find this shit. Uh. Oh shit! He dropped another album in like June. Like two in the same year? Yeah, he dropped the album in June <laughs> called "The Life and Death of." Okay, now I have to go listen to this shit. That is nine tracks. To be loved is ten tracks. Um, okay, but yeah, there's a song called "Traveling" with um with Big Crit that is super fire. Oh, nah. Okay, uh, okay, to be I loved is nine tracks too. Yeah, I had no idea he dropped a second album. I wonder if this is him or not. It probably is. No, nah, well, I'm looking at his. I don't know. I'm looking at his wiki, and I don't see. I only see "To Be Loved" from this year, unless they just left it out. Yeah, maybe there's another Luke James. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me Google this. Because this, this is this is weird. I mean, this is saying it's it's. Hold on, I, I can listen to this while I'm on it. We shouldn't. Well, it'll record a little bit. Nah, I don't think that's him. 
No, I don't think that's him. Okay, but yeah, to be loved is um, to be loved is fire. Like, okay, okay. If you have if you have not listened to that, listen to it. But um, yeah, nah, I can't I can't think of uh of anything else to drop. The only other thing, um, we might have to wait for my brother to get back for this one. But uh, I was joking around earlier. Somebody said something about um. Uh, what was uh, Ruben stuttered? Sorry for two thousand four about. He was like, "Oh, not sharing, <laughs> not sharing his fries with his girl." And I was like, "You know what? I'd be willing to bet some of the biggest apology R and B records ever are like about some stupid shit. Like you ate before you went to kick it with your girl, and you know women get like, real you dramatic. You to take your chicken out the freezer. Yeah, yeah like women get real dramatic yeah. about some shit like that." And yeah. so, you know, I had uh, on bended knee and I'm like, this this sounds to me like a nigga who's apologizing to his girl for like going to eat before he went and picked her up. Like she came out in the car and she was like, oh, baby, did you eat? Yeah, I ate before I got here. And she just looked so hurt and betrayed. And she just if she ain't talking to him the rest of the night. Now he like Fuck, now, now I got to pretend like this is a big deal because she's mad at it. And I feel yeah, like the, the apology has to match the, the outrage. Yeah, like the apology. So, you know, I got I got when, when Wanye's like on I'll never walk again and he's just singing his heart out. Like she was really pissed because he probably went and got some food from a favorite restaurant. Yeah. So so yeah, we need to come up with a list of songs that we think are not about like the dude doing some like cheating or or just some foul shit. But it's really just him. Like he 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 watched the movie that she really wanted to see without her yeah you know like oh yeah i saw that last weekend with mike and them like is she you like, know i can't believe you watched new york on the cover without yeah me. like some shit like that yeah. like you know i had to work <laughs> why would you like just some just some petty shit that women really get mad over because uh because one of my followers said they was like oh you foolish i was like y'all get mad about stupid shit like that y'all would definitely get mad if uh, we if if we ask you, uh, do you want something from the gas station? And we we come back and don't bring you nothing when you say no. Like y'all definitely get mad at shit like that. Like I just I, I wanted like cause um uh somebody said one time I can't remember if this was true or not, but somebody said the song "Gone" by NSYNC was written while Justin Timberlake was waiting on Britney Spears to get her hair done. And you go back and listen I, to the lyrics of that, and it's like, damn, he was really at home bored. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been sitting here, can't I mean, get you off my mind. Try my best to be a man and be strong. Yeah. I drive myself insane, wishing I could touch your face. Like I could, I could see someone do. Like if you visited your girl in her city, she go to get her hair done. You ain't got shit else to do. It's before the internet, for real, and before yeah. apps. And sh- like he might have really been at home. But like damn, it's only but so many sports. I'm here to see you, and you don't went to get your hair. I don't know nobody. Like, she, like she, like she only got dial up here. Like what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like what? So what was Justin Timberlake supposed to do? In that moment, so like, yeah, I, yeah, we we got to go like the, do a hidden meaning behind R and B songs episode and be like, all right, I feel like this song was was not really about this. I feel like it was about something like trivial, like this shit. Because yeah, yeah. women do be mad enough that because because Ruben Stutter definitely made that song about eating his girl's food because he said it's my sorry for two thousand four. Like, so it sounds like it's some shit that he does on a regular. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like, like that was about know, you. I, I gave you a sorry last year. I'm gonna have to give you a sorry in 2005. This is the one for 2004. Yeah, like I like it's June. You you pit you've been pissed off. I'm just gonna go ahead and make this whole dramatic song so you know that I'm sorry for this year because I'm gonna keep eating your leftovers. Like I feel like that's how it is. Also, shout outs to our boy Robert from the Barbershop Podcast. Also 
uh, known as one of the members of Boys to Men. Yes. I posted a video clip yes. of, uh, of Sean Stockman going in falsetto on on bended knee. I was like, you know, them niggas were sorry because they had Robert singing in falsetto on that <laughs> shit. And he tweeted me back and said, you raggedy uh, bitch. <laughs> in gif in gif form though he didn't actually say the word he just did the gif of that but <laughs> all right so yeah um yeah if, we, if nothing comes up during the week we'll be talking about that um get your gear no more i yes. just ordered this hoodie it came in literally yesterday um cop one go to the site kidswearcrowns.com top of the page hit merch Go over mm-hmm. there. Follow us on Twitch. Once we reach 50 Twitch followers, we will be doing a drawing. And you can pick out whatever you want from our site, and we will send it to you for free. And and it's, and it's on us. On us. You ain't got to pay for that. Let me eat. Um, Toss that up on the screen. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you're voting. Go vote. I voted. Oh, yeah. Last Saturday. Please vote. Um, they said right now there have been more early votes cast than the entirety of the 2016 election. Than the entirety of the 2016 election. That is like, insane. So people. But that people, doesn't mean to not realize. vote because we don't know who those votes were cast for, people. Mm-hmm. Hit the, 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 the retrumplicans could be just as energized as, as the Dems are. So please vote. vote. Get out the Yeah, vote. vote like you don't know what's going to happen exactly. because you don't know what's going to happen. And remember, they are confirming a new Supreme Court justice. So if this race is, e- is remotely close, you know they are going to rule in his favor. Vote. Mm-hmm. Vote like somebody else's life depends on it. Vote like your job depends on it. Vote like your health care depends on it. Vote like your children's education depends on it. Vote, vote like in seven years the earth won't be inhabitable. If shit keeps up, because like literally that's what's gonna happen. Vote. Mm-hmm. No more. And no more. Wait. <laughs> no more. <laughs> this, this whole reversal thing is Yeah, yeah. No no more. Nah, you got yeah. No more. No more. There we no go. More. No yes. more. But but copy something from the site. Um what else we got? We're uh, on on last week's episode is we're, we're doing a mailbag episode. What is that Sunday? Yeah, we're doing a mailbag episode Sunday, so tune in for that. And then we're going to get into Mandalorian coverage. Um, it's I'm I'm, I'm excited. I've been waiting. Yeah, man, <laughs> I've man, been waiting. Mandalorian coverage. Uh, witness court be extremely filthy about both Pedro Pascal and Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Um, we we might have to turn. We might have to, like, we might have to uh, implement a new um, <laughs> mic muting feature for Courtney. We, 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 we just gotta hope. We just gotta hope her mom or her or, or her in laws are watching so that she has to like dial it back. Uh, some. Yeah, um, I'm gonna invite her whole family out so we can keep her in check. Yeah, yeah, just, so, yeah, so, like, yeah tag them on Facebook. Like, hey, make sure you guys are watching <laughs> and listening <laughs> to this podcast. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian. Um, what else is there? Um, also, 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 before we go, there's another very, 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 very important um, anniversary coming up next week. And if you know me, you know this is very important to my life. Um, I, I don't. I, I think I'm, I'm going to do a write up on this because I feel like, I feel like what I want to say about this album, I, I need to write it out. Um, so next week, October 30th. Also, the 20th year anniversary 
of Outcast Think On You. Oh, okay. All right. Major album. And to me, um, basically my take is that Think On You is Outcast, most Outcast album. And I'll explain why later. So, oh, yeah, that should drop on Halloween. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely got to make sure Fee's on for that because he's a big Outcast man. So, mm-hmm. um, Joe Code, if you're watching, this is an invite for you to come on as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely got to have Joe on for that. Yeah. So, if you're watching, feel free to come on because I know <laughs> y'all can speak more to Outcast than I can. Hey, man, I want my thing growing so, up. I mean, Outcast is forever, man. So I will like, say those that, albums have not aged. I will say that Stankonia is probably the Outcast album that like I can listen to more than any of the other ones. I guess. I was. I, right, I mean, I, I was there, but I wasn't there. Like I wasn't in the moment with those. And that's you not saying anything there, negative about Outcast. It's eternal. It is, but I, I mean, if you gonna give me one Outcast album to listen to, I'm picking. I'm picking Stank. Like, listen, man, hold on, man. Let's 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 pull this up. Oh yes, Stankonia. Like, to I will say this to me, Stankonia has Outcast's best album cuts because um, Red Velvet is one of my favorite. I mean, outcasts. so fresh, so clean. Miss Jackson, bombs over bad Baghdad. Like, that's that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of heat from the singles aspect of things. So, yeah, we we should we should uh we should uh try to extend our Doug Jones goodwill and see if we can get Bomani on because you know he's the, he's the ultimate outcast uh, stand. <laughs> I also, I'm forgetting like that. That's one I, we got to have Ryan on for because we can't do an outcast episode without Ryan. So, I mean, so yeah, we'll have him. On. I mean, I'm, I'm we, not an outcast episode though. I mean. <laughs> He'll, he'll never forgive us. So, yeah, we'll probably have um, the homie Joe Cole I mean, and Ryan on would, to talk about that. Would he not forgive us? If it's outcast, yeah. If it's like, I feel like he wouldn't forgive out, us if we was doing like an open mic eagle episode or outcast Pokemon or governor. Yeah, like, like if, we, if we was talking yeah. about governor and didn't tell didn't tell him, he would probably. <laughs> if, if, if we had yeah, if we, we did if we did an episode about Son of Pain and didn't tell Ryan, he would appear behind <laughs> us on screen <laughs> and attempt to kill us. He would kill us. Yes. <laughs> like right, he would just appear in our houses out of nowhere. Right, you would, hey, you hey, would just see a really talk about Son of Pain. You would just see a puff of smoke shaped like his curls <laughs> with with him holding one of his kids. <laughs> As he receives the punches in the back of back of the head and then steal our seat. So y'all really gonna talk about son of pain? So y'all gonna talk that. about son of pain? But y'all ain't gonna call me. No, you 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 are you are one thousand percent correct. Ryan would never. Ryan would probably drop a thousand disc records about us if we did if we didn't have him on while we were talking about Outcast. If he can come on, you know yeah. he's a busy man. Yeah, man. yeah, right. So, but, but yeah, that's that's all we got for this week, man. Yeah, next week. Stay tuned. Stay going. I won't have much to say on that one, but I'll be here. Um, yeah, light week for us. Uh, what? What? Any? Anything this week on the the election mini series? Um, we just covered um the amendments that appear on Alabama's ballot as well as Georgia's. So yeah, we just um broke down with those with those amendments. I'm in this upcoming week. Oh, this upcoming week. Um. No, nah, no, nah, we no no special no special guests this week. Uh, we're we're in the end game now, so probably no more guests until <laughs> yeah until after the election. 
But um, the the night of the election, we we're going to be dropping in and out for election coverage um, as much as we can stand, as much as we can handle. So tune in to that. You know, follow us for you know election coverage. We'll probably have some special guests on that day as well. So just stay tuned. Man, all I know is as soon as soon as uh, I get off work that night. I am staying far the fuck away from it, from TV as humanly possible. I, I, I feel you, man. I, I'm Donnell. I'm I'm uh I'm Mario Winans. I don't want to know. Because <laughs> yeah, we're 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 and here's the thing. Like I want like I want to say this before we get out of here too, people. Um, don't expect to know. Do not a clear outcome the do night not, of the election. Do not, not even the week after the election. Not, not even two weeks after the not, election. Do not celebrate or get down until Congress certifies the election results. Mm-hmm. That has to happen before we do any. Do not, because Fox News is going to declare him a winner that night. Do not mm-hmm. fall for and, the okie doke. Be true. This mm-hmm. cannot be Bush versus Gore Part Two. We cannot have that happen. Do not fall for the fucking okie doke. There are so many people that are voting absentee. There's so much litigation going on around the elections right now. They are waiting to confirm Barrett so that they can start slapping down voting rights restrictions right now. There are so many lower courts upholding what states are trying to do pro vote. And all those cases are going to the Supreme Court in the next two weeks. So the minute that they confirm Barrett, please understand that there's going to be a lot of shit Bar is probably uh, Bar has probably got some fuck shit going on that's gonna make votes disappear. Like, please understand that this is going to be a fight. They they know and they are very aware that the sentiment is turning on them right now, and they are going to do everything they can to keep this country in their power. So, do not expect a result election night. Stay informed. Stay tuned. If you want some people to follow, let me give you some uh. Some some good some good election news people that I follow. Uh, daily chaos is one that is daily K O S. Uh, Joshua A Douglas with one S D O U G L A S. He is a um, constitutional law professor at the University of Kentucky, and then Stephen Wolf at Politics Wolf. Those are three people who have been uh, very very good at keeping us up to date on um what is going on in this country as far as voting rights as far as cases as far as supreme court they are very very informative if you need some people to follow to get away from the big mainstream news sites follow one of those three um like that serious and if you want to know what they are hit me up on twitter and i will happily at them for you but please do not expect even if they say biden by a landslide on election night do wait until the election results are certified mm-hmm. wait Wait, wait, wait. Don't celebrate. Don't get down on yourselves. Wait. Because they knew the fix was in last time when they blocked, uh, what's his face? When they blocked Garland from the Supreme Court. They knew the fix was in. So they may know something we don't again. So please, 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 please get out the vote. Do whatever you can to help people get vote. Do not spread misinformation and do not fall for the okie doke on election night. I think I think that's a great note to end on. All right, we out. One. I was prepared this time. I mean, at least at least you're no longer. Re-